some of some of you have been on a, f- a little fishing outing that uh, I did with my my dad some years ago. I think maybe Thomas was on there and Ray possibly, and then uh, some of you may remember Brandon Haycox. He was on that trip. Well, uh, I, I wish I could find the picture. I had this photo. Brandon caught a fish that was literally this big. I, I'm not I'm not joking. It was a bluegill. It, I was, it couldn't have been more than three inches. And I'm like, I don't even know how he caught it. I think he must have snagged it. You know, and caught it. I mean, because it was too big for the hook, you know. And I said, Brandon, you know, this is like a reverse fish story. You know, nobody wants to say that they caught that fish, you know. And, uh, but, but today we've got a fish story for you that you're not going to believe. Uh, an amazing, amazing, uh, and it's not a tale. It's a truth. Um, uh, that that Jesus uh, used this opportunity uh, to really call Peter. He's really focusing in on Peter at this particular situation. So let's pray together and ask for God's help here. Lord, we um, uh, we are thankful that you have our, your eye on us, Father. Thank you that you're with us, Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, Jesus has come, and for anyone who's put their faith in him, uh, Christ lives in us through the Holy Spirit, and for that we're so thankful. And uh, Lord, we just uh, pray this morning, anyone who might be hurting uh, spiritually, physically, emotionally, Lord, just minister to them in a way that only you can. Lord, we pray that your spirit would be near, bring healing, uh, bring strength, bring encouragement, bring conviction where needed. Lord, we just... Um, we know that without you, we can do nothing, and uh, we need your help, and we're thankful for your grace, and um, we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. So uh, if you are able to uh, stand, why don't you stand with me, and we're going to read God's word here. Um, this is uh, Luke chapter 5, 1 through 11, and I'll just go ahead and read and, and listen along here. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep. And let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, He fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Please have a seat. So 
to start off, I just find this uh, very encouraging passage um, from a couple of standpoints. One is, um, Jesus loves sinners, and I'm a sinner, okay? Uh, he is, he's, uh, you know, Peter acknowledges that, Simon Peter. And, uh, you know, he's, Jesus is looking for sinners, by the way. It, it says that he, he said he didn't come for the righteous, Okay, and actually, by saying that, he means he didn't come for the self-righteous. Okay, but he's come for people who really know they need a Savior. And so, uh, if you see that need, um, just know that Jesus has, he's got his eye on you. Okay, Um, I, I wasn't planning on that, but I'm just telling you, God's just bringing it. Okay, or maybe it's just me. Uh but, but anyway, just, I'm just telling you, he's looking for people who know they're sinners. Okay? He's looking for you, if you know that. The other thing is that uh, he, he looks for ordinary people. Uh, these were ordinary fishermen. I mean, it was just one of the main trades of the day in that area. And uh, there was nothing, I mean, even when you see the... Um, uh, it mentioned in the book of Acts that as Peter was preaching and others were there and, and, and they, they saw the power with which they preached, um, the commentary that people would say is like, you know, um, these are uneducated, unlearned men. And look what they're doing. Look how they're speaking. And so, so just know if you're ordinary and average, right, which is, Probably everybody here, I'm sorry. But, uh, but don't be sorry. That's the point. Jesus is looking for ordinary men and women uh, to follow him. And he has his eye on you. So just, just know that that's, that's an encouraging word. And that's what we see happening in this passage. Uh, as we see uh, this, this scenario with fishing nets and catching people. Um, now, what I do want to kind of take us through is this um, sort of a progression. I, I don't necessarily think the passage is laid out in a progression-like fashion the way I'm presenting it, but, but I will say that, you know, following Jesus involves the things I'm going to mention and that are mentioned in the passage. So one of the things is if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you're going to be a hearer of the Word of God. You're going to have to hear the Word of God. And that's how the passage starts off right there in verses 1 to 3, right? We kind of get the setting there. And, uh, and it says that on the occasion, uh, the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God. And uh, this really, this phrase is like the word from God. And so they were, you know, recognizing that we've seen in other passages earlier in the, in the book of Luke that they knew that when Jesus taught, it was not like anyone else had, they had heard teach before. And in fact, um, I think there was a practical reason why he used the boats and pushed off. Obviously, he needed room. There was there might, some, some surmise that, you know, that it may have created a little bit of an amphitheater if he was back away from the water, uh, and the people likely would have been slightly elevated. So, But I also think there may have been a bit of a a good teacher, uh, illustrative uh, way of teaching. Like, I'm going to get out on this boat because I've got a lesson about fishing. You know, and it just makes sense to me. I mean, I don't know that, but uh, Jesus being a powerful, 
teacher, and many rabbis would use illustrations um, to, to make their points. But, but nonetheless, they were there to hear the word of God. And if you want to follow Jesus, you have to, you have to see that we need to hear the word of God. We need to get ourselves in places uh, where we hear the word of God. And certainly this is one. Um, but um, um, yourself with your Bible and reading it, um, you know, you can read it and hear it at the same time. Uh, but it's important. Uh, and these people were wanting to hear it so badly, they were pressing into him, right? And so he, he, he commandeers a couple of boats. And as you, as you surmised from reading the passage there, that Simon Peter had one of them, right? And the sons of Zebedee had the other one. They were business partners together, right? They were, had a fishing business together. And so, um, uh, but, but Simon and others there are at the lakeside. They're, they're there to hear Jesus declare the word of God. And, and um, you know, there's a lot of reasons why we need to expose ourselves regularly to the word of God. One is, I, I think about, uh, I don't have the verse up here, but 2 Timothy 3.15 uh, talks about how the word of God makes us wise to salvation. Right? You, you, you need to hear the word of God so that it works on your heart to bring you to Christ. Uh, in Timothy, when, that, when uh, Paul wrote that to Timothy, he was talking about how his mother and his grandmother had a key role in his salvation. He was brought up hearing the Word of God, and that Word of God um, is powerful. And uh, let's not downplay that. Let's not downplay the Word of God, okay? It's not just words on a page. They are the words of God. Um, I've mentioned this before. It's been probably a while, but, but I'm always impressed by the, the, the Thessalonians, when Paul writes these letters to the church at Thessalonica, so First and Second Thessalonians, or letters to those churches, he always has high praise for that church. And one of the things, though, that he says in First Thessalonians, chapter two, verse thirteen, listen to what he says regarding their receptivity and uh, to the word of God. He says. We also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. Isn't that an interesting verse? Um, he says, when they received the word that Paul preached. So it's coming from a man. Right? As he's preaching, it's coming from a man, but he's preaching the truth of God. And so they don't see it as, oh, these are nice ideas. These, this is a wonderful philosophy that Paul has. I think I'll add that to what I have. No, they're like, this actually, these are the words of God. And I'm going to take those in and let them have their way in my life. That's what it means to receive, right? To receive. If you're going to receive something, you're going to welcome it, right? And so, so you know, whether it's in a preaching situation like this, you know, I, I hope that you don't come here to hear me, 
um, I hope that we come to hear what God has to say. That's what it's about. It's not about a person. Um, it's it's uh, a man. It's, it's about God. And we want to hear from God. And we want to fellowship with each other and minister to, to each other as we're called to do. Um, but we're here to hear from God. Um, and so, and it's also interesting there. So, so really it's a mentality, I guess is what we're saying here, is the Thessalonians had this mentality. And so, a follower of Jesus is going to have the mentality that when the word of God is going out, I want to listen in. I want to press in to hear what God has to say. And I want to receive it as if it is the word of God. That's important because it makes all the difference. It makes all the difference um, when you have that mentality um, because then what happens is like it says there in the end of First Thessalonians 2.13, it says about the Word of God, because they received it and had this correct attitude towards it, it says, which is, which is at work in you believers. And so when we have this attitude of receptivity, of pressing into it and leaning in to listen to the Word of God, then God, because of our receptivity with His Spirit, will begin to work. He'll work His will in our lives. He'll start transforming us from the inside out on whatever it is that's being taught. Whatever it is that's being taught. So I, I, I uh, encourage you and I, and I hope that you, um, if you consider yourself to be a follower of Jesus, are, a, are welcoming the Word of God and, and asking God whenever you're exposed to it, whether it's by reading or speaking, the preaching, whatever it might be, that you say, God, what do you have for me in this? What does this mean for me in my life? And that's key. So hearing the Word of God is, is critical uh, for, um, for the follower of Jesus. And, and certainly... Um, for someone who would become a follower. They need to hear the word preached. They need to hear about the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And I'm so thankful for those who have gone before. Um, I'm thankful for the pastor of the church that I went to when I was a, young, a youngster, really. I mean, in my elementary years, um, you know, they had, they had kind of a traditional Sunday school program, and then you sat with your parents, and you heard the word. And uh, uh, I don't remember if I told you guys this or not, but this maybe maybe I did. You know, that's that's the that's the beauty of my memory, is that you know I keep thinking out. Oh, I bet I haven't told this one. Um, but uh, so Pastor McGann's was speaking in our Baptist church about tithing, and uh, he actually had silver dollars. He had ten of them, and you know. Yeah, silver dollars, you know, and plus I'm, you know, I don't have any money anyway, so ten silver dollars, you know, and so he came up to me and he, he was he's doing a message on tithing, and so he's like, well, if God gave you ten, how many would you give him back? And I wasn't working percentages at that time, um, but but I was just, and I just said, well, you know, and by the way, this is, <laughs> I just said I'd just give it all back if it was his. <laughs> That's kind of what I said, because I was thinking, he says, if this is God's, if God gave this to you, give it back, right? And uh, now, 
if I had thought that through, I, I, I wouldn't have said that probably, but it was kind of like I was kind of caught off guard, okay? I was not expecting him to come up to me. Um, and maybe my response was more of like, you know, Jesus, God, and the Bible. Okay, give it all back. That sounds right. You know? Probably, it might have been it. I'm just telling you. But, uh, but, but anyway, he had me leaning in, though. He had, I was really wanting to hear what he had to say, even though I didn't have a dime to my name, you know. I uh, didn't have a job, didn't get an allowance, you know, whatever. But, but anyway, um, I was, I was uh, not always engaged, but I was interested to hear there were times when, you know, like, a kid, like any kid would, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out, you know. But um, uh, and as adults sometimes we're that way too, right? Um, you know, what's, is that somebody texting me right now? You know, what a, whatever, you know. Uh, but but leaning in and and uh, and and really hearing saying this is I've come to hear God. That's the way they were with Jesus. And so um, now, secondly, um, what needs to happen for a follower of Jesus is that they need to see Jesus and His power. And that's exactly what Peter did. Was he saw um, he not only heard Jesus teach. But he needed to see uh, his power. He needed to see he was the real deal. And um, now, he has seen Jesus do miracles before at this point, right? Uh, Simon, uh, his mother-in-law, was healed by Jesus. Do you remember that? Uh, I mean, she was just completely healed, and she got up and started serving people. Right? I mean, uh, and he's seen uh, Jesus deliver somebody from a demon and, and all these things. And so... But now what's very cool is he's going to see Jesus do a miracle in his world, his business, his personal life. I mean, certainly it's personal if it's your mother-in-law for sure, but now it's like him. It's him. And so um, so let's just remember what happened here. It says, and when he had finished speaking, to, and he said to Simon, so Jesus is speaking. He does a, a teaching, if you will. And now the focus in this passage totally goes to Peter. Totally on him, okay? So he, he turns to him, he says, uh, and he says, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. So, you know, I mean, <clears throat> it, it's interesting that, you know, you might think about well, what does Jesus know about fishing? I mean, okay, we'll get it. Jesus, you know, you, you know, you got the teaching thing down, the healing thing down, but you, you don't know nothing about no fishing. Except for that he made the fish. Of course, but, you know, he's not thinking that. And so, but it's interesting, though. You know, he calls him master. And even though he's like, you know, we just, you know, best, the best fishing there is going to be at night. I mean, you could go, you could study all this stuff, but the best fishing there would be at night. And so, um, so he said, and they're cleaning their nets, right? They're like done. They're like, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to have an attitude if it was me. I'm like, you know, I just spent all that time cleaning the nets. But the master says, no, I want you to go out to the deep and I want you to let your nets down for a catch. And then he, you know, and, and Peter says, uh, even though he, he said the facts that they were all out there all night and they got nothing, 
but at your word, I will let down the nets. And there, there's just, just this submissive, I'm, okay, Lord, you said it. <laughs> we'll do it. Um, and, and what a great, I mean, I, I don't know what's an inside of him, you know, where you just kind of wonder. But, but he did it. He went ahead and put out and he let the nets down. And I think that's, that's important for us to see that, um, you know, some things the Lord may direct us in our lives. We don't understand the inner workings of what he's doing. It may, it may seem even counter to what you would do. Like, you know, as a fisherman, he knew, you know, P, Simon Peter and, and the sons of Zebedee, they knew their business. I mean, you know, how they're going to keep making a living and putting food on the table if they didn't know how this thing worked called fishing in this area. And so, but, but Jesus asked them to do something that, that didn't make sense to them. And I'm not saying God's illogical or that he uses, you know, he always goes counter logic. But I'm saying that sometimes the Lord will do things in your life or, or direct you to do things that, that just um, you don't understand what he's doing. But, I mean, particularly if it's stated in the word of God, you know, some things in the in the Word of God certainly are countercultural today, and and some people would say, "Well, why would you do that? That's just that's just whack." You know, or even they just pick the pick pick the idea of giving on a percentage basis. I mean, uh, why would I do that? You know, um, and, and so so but but he went ahead and did it, and and I think here there's a. There is a message for us just that, you know, there is a blessing in obedience. When you step out and you do what you know God clearly is saying, okay? And I, I mean, when I read the Word of God and I rightly understand it, I, I can stand on that with all my mind. I, I know that that's true. And um, now, there are things, there are some other things that when we're wondering about if God is guiding us that are maybe not specifically stated in, in Scripture, but we're feeling like we're being pointed a certain direction that's a little more subjective but sometimes those leadings are very strong and you know um, if it doesn't go contrary to the word of god then you know you feel like the lord's leading you i think you should do it you know i mean again depends on what it is but i'm just simply saying as long as it doesn't go contrary to god's word and his principles um go with the leading um and so he goes goes ahead and he lets down the nets and when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking, and they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. So, I mean, man, what, what a great problem. <laughs> you know, what a great problem. These guys have, ne- first of all, never caught fish probably at that time of day and never brought in this kind of haul of fish. It was just miraculous for sure miraculous and um so they see the power of jesus on display right on the job right on the job and i i as i think about that i just think about how peter's learning that jesus is the master in every area of his life your work your home life your parenting your your marriage you know he's the master you know he wants to work and do all kinds of things and he wants to display his power in all those arenas. If I'll just follow him, 
into those areas, into what he says. He'll bless it. He really will. And so we have Peter learning this lesson. Now, um, the other thing I was just thinking about too, and again, you know, we, you can, since we've read the whole passage, you know that Jesus is going to say, listen, this is an object lesson here about your purpose and your mission, Peter. It's going to be fishing for people, catching people. That's, that's where this is going. And so you can't help but look at this passage and then see that it's Jesus that's going to bring, you know, that's going to actually do the powerful work of bringing men to himself, but will be there with the nets, right? It's God at work in people's hearts, right? Bringing them to faith. And as we cast our nets of the gospel out, whether individually with people that we know and love or here in church or in small group or whatever, wherever the gospel is going out, it's God we have to rely on. It's his power that saves people. It's his grace that saves people. Okay? And, and we have to remember that. We have to remember that. He's going to guide us in our fishing expeditions, if you will, that he sends us on. And that's important for us to realize. Um, it wasn't Peter's great fishing expertise, expertise that day, was it? In fact, it was totally, you know, the opposite of what he would have done. But the Lord led him out there, and boy, did they have a catch. And so, uh, Jesus wants us to see his power on display in every area of your life. You know, I, we, we can get caught up into thinking that our walk with Jesus is just really a Sunday thing or when we're in Bible study or whatever. But no, it's supposed to be um, in all areas, right? He, Jesus wants to show his power and get the glory and do all kinds of things, including miracles, um, if it's his will. And so they see Jesus, they hear the word of God, they see Jesus' power on display. But another thing that if someone is going to be a follower of Jesus has to do is they have to acknowledge their sinfulness. They have to acknowledge their sinfulness. And Nick, you know, hit on that some in his communion devotional. Um, but think about this. They're, they took in so many fish that the boats were, they needed help and the boats were going to sink. It's fascinating that Peter didn't say, hey, Jesus, want to join our business? I mean, you know, we got a good thing going here, Jesus. Day fishing, I get to hang out with the kids at night. I mean, you know, and plus we're going to make a boatload. Got my eye on you. (laughs) Okay. I didn't, you know, sometimes I don't have none of that written down. This is just God's, no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Watch out, there's lightning coming. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. But, but speaking of acknowledging our sinfulness, right? <laughs> um, but, but just thinking about this, that, you know, um, if you don't know 
that you need Jesus, you're not going to see him do these things in your life. And you're not going to have a relationship with God. And you're not going to have your sin forgiven. You have to acknowledge. So what was happening here is, is Peter, when he sees what's happening, he's connecting the dots and he's like, this ain't normal. This, we're, we're, Jesus is a holy man. He is from God. And so it says, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus's knees. I mean, you look in the Old Testament and when people are, they're, they're in the presence of God, they're, a lot of times they're not standing very long. Because they know they're in the presence of God. They know that they're sinful. Um, Did you hear Jesus say anything about sin to Peter? No. But he was aware of his sinfulness in Jesus' presence when he did this. And I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about sin. And we have to when we give the gospel to have a complete message to understand it. But, But he just knew that this... I'm in the presence of the holiness of God through this man, Jesus. And though we know, as we will read through the rest of the gospel as we go, you know, they haven't put all things together yet um, about, you know, what Jesus is doing and so on. But, but, but as he does this miracle, um, it's, just, it's just, you know, Peter learns that Jesus is awesome and he is not. And he recognizes his need. And he's like, I'm a sinful man. Depart from me, O Lord. And, and it goes on there to say, for uh, uh, he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James, John, and sons of Zebedee who were partners with Simon. And so I just think it's, it's important here for us to get that, you know, this is kind of like first base. Uh, Christianity, if you will, you have to recognize your need uh, for a Savior, that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I just, get, give me give me a particular hour of the day, I'm sure I've sinned. <laughs> in my heart, in my mind, with my mouth, with my actions. I mean, it's just, no matter how hard we try, and certainly we should, you know, pursue righteousness, right? We should. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. And the Holy Spirit and every believer is going to help us grow, um, gain ground and victory and so on. But, you know, it's, we're just not going to be perfect. And so we, we have to, you know, um, to, to, to come into a relationship with God, we have to acknowledge our sinfulness. So if we're going to follow Jesus, we have to acknowledge who he is and who we are in relation to him, sinners in need of God's saving grace, right? And, um, and I think that, what happens in this passage is proof, proof that, you know, Jesus wasn't just going to say, oh, oh, yeah, you're a sinner. No more associating with you. No, he, he basically, you know, he, he wants them to, 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 he does want them to see he's a sinner, but oh, he's, he's going to call him. He's going to call him to follow him. He's like, that's just what I need you to see. I, you need to see that you need me. You need to see that you need my grace. You need to see that you need my forgiveness. You need me. And any person that's going to be a follower of Jesus obviously has to first see that they need him. They need him. He is the only one that we need to be made right with God and to really live our lives the way 
he desires us to. And that really leads us to the last thing here. Um, that is uh, res- responding to the call to become fishers of people. Fishers people. Should say fishers of people. But just just the um, the call here and and um, where it says at the end of verse 10, and Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. And again, this is where he was, you know, um, just, I'm, I just know I'm a sinner, God, and you know, Jesus in your presence. But Jesus is like, don't be afraid. From now on, I've got a mission for you. I've got a purpose for you. From now on, um, you'll, be, you'll be fishing, but you're going to be fishing for men. You're going to be catching people. You're going to be doing this in my name. And uh, it's not going to just be a boatload of grouper or whatever it is. It's going to be boatloads of people are going to come to faith as you step out and do what I've just done, what he just done, did. Jesus preached, people heard, and then the gospel nets go out and some people follow him. Um, I mean, some people, I, 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 as I did my study, some people think that this is this is not just a message. This is, a, this is a, in a sense, a, a parable acted out by Jesus. It, wasn't, it, it was not only what he said, but it was what he did. He taught. The net went out. A catch was brought in. And this is what happens when the gospel goes out. Right? And, and we're all called to this. And I think that's the thing. I, and we're not talking about vocational ministry. We're not... Not necessarily mean that everyone's called to that, or everyone is called to be a missionary. It's like everyone's called to be uh, a communicator of the good news, right? That's that's it. We're all called to be uh, fishers of men, fishers of people, if you will. And so, um, and it says, and when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. And uh, just, uh, um, I, I don't think that means that we're all to leave everything and go somewhere. Some people will be, maybe called to, like I said, vocational ministry or a mission, mission work or whatever. But, but I think the, the attitude that, uh, Lord, my life here is before you. And he will probably call you to forsake some things. You know, he, he may, in following Jesus, he may call you to jettison some things that are maybe um, slowing you down spiritually, that are causing you to be stuck spiritually. And so, um, but, I, but I, I want us to see that, you know, this last part here where Jesus is, you know, and, and you, you know, we can go lots of other places in the scriptures. You know, I'm not just pulling this one passage and saying, okay, see from that one, we're all called to, to, uh, to be messengers of the gospel. No, there's lots of others. You know, um, every gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John has its own version of the Great Commission. Um, you know, that is known as the Great Commission, where we're called to make disciples. Right, make disciples. That making disciples is, um, is this type of fishing. Right, that Jesus is saying you're going to catch people, um, and I know that you know to the world that might sound strange, but Jesus was using just this perfect word picture based on the way they were, where they were. He was using just the the perfect picture of catching fish. Now, um, we all have different gifts. 
um, the, the scriptures tell us that every believer is given at least one spiritual gift and, and probably more. Um, and, uh, you know, we should use those. We should um, um, discover those. And, um, and I really think, I mean, my personal opinion, again, my opinion on this is that, you know, uh, I think it's fine to do those, like, gift inventories, but, you know, that doesn't have, that's not the final word on your life. I really feel like a lot of um, discovering our gifts is just by getting in there and serving and doing different things for, for the Lord, whether it's for the church or in the community, and figuring out how God has wired you. And then um, getting maybe feedback from those that you serve with as to, you know, is this a good fit? Is this a good, do you, do you see this having impact? I, I think that's really in, in real life, that's kind of how it works out. Um, I'm not poo-pooing gift in, inventories or things like that, but it, I think there was probably a, a, a time when that, a lot was put on that. Um, but we all are can use those giftings, those bents the way God has made us, in the arena of reaching people. Right? And that's where, you know, this, this, the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit, you know? Um, and, and so just, I'm just, ask, I just ask you, Lord, you would pray. Uh, and, and this is kind of where it gets super practical here. Um, pray, you know, I, I just pray for a passion for people. That's what I say. If there would be one action step, it would be pray for a passion for people, you know, to, for, that they would come to know Jesus. Okay. Pray for a passion, a zeal for this mission of reaching people. And um, not only pray for a passion or a zeal for this, but pray for some specific people, okay? Pray for some specific people. Um, And you just need to realize that, you know, the Lord has you where he has you. What's happened in your life is not an accident, okay? Okay. the good, the bad, the ugly from the human standpoint, you know, but but he has you there. It's for his glory and it's for his mission. Okay. Um, and, and often, I tell you what, the more I'm on mission, <clears throat> the more God grows me. Like just shows me areas in my life um, to, to grow in. And so we grow in our own walk as we get our focus um, and make sure that we are praying for others. So just just pray for a passion, a zeal for people to know Jesus, and then pray that for some specific people. Get specific. Think about the people around you that you have regular contact with. And then and then the other thing is is um, take a te- take a, a step towards friendship. If these people aren't already your friends, if they are your friends already, then, you know, just hang out, love them, uh, look for opportunities to serve, to share. But we, you know, we have to pray for sure, but salt can't have its effect if it doesn't come up into contact, (laughs) right, with that which it's supposed to impact. And the same thing's true with the gospel, right? God uses his people 
to come into contact. He wants us to come into contact with people and to be there, to love them, to, to be friends with them and to care for them and to share Christ with them with no strings attached. But we've got to share Christ with them. We have to, you know, if Jesus is so important to us, it's going to come up. It, it should come up. Right? If, if I love the Lord and he has a big part of my life, then, then we, we, he should be coming up in our conversation. And I know they say they don't talk about religion and politics, but, you know, okay, maybe not politics, but how about religion? Because uh, at least from the standpoint of this truth, okay, uh, you may have, you know, other things come to mind when you say religion. But this is, this is key. Um, and the last thing I just want to say, so we, we basically pray for zeal, pray for uh, some specific people, and then, you know, take some steps to um, befriend and be friends and uh, with no strings attached. But, but, but asking the Lord to help you, you know, hear, you know, to, to be a good ambassador for him. And the timing's going to be different for everybody on, you know, I, I think probably more naturally it's going to come in bits of conversation. You know, bits of spiritual conversations here and there. Right? The last thing, keep at it. Right? You, you can't worry about, you know, you, you can't be worried about results. Okay? You just can't. You just got to, you know, I really think, and you've probably heard this many times, but you just got to be faithful. Let's just be faithful. We know God's called us to be fishers of men. We know that. We just got to be faithful. And the results are up to him. If we're praying and, and, and he's guiding, you know, uh, we may or may not see the results this side of heaven, but that doesn't matter. But what we did with what he has given us, that does matter. And that's what I think he wants us to do. And um, so it's the results are up to him, but just we see this mission that he's, he's given us. So uh, I don't know how that topic makes you feel. Maybe you're anxious. Maybe you're like, oh, I've tried it. It doesn't work. Well, but again, um, if you're, that's kind of more of a mentality of the results are up to you, right? If the mentality is the results are up to God, and that the most loving thing I could do is love people in Jesus' name and share with them uh, with Christ and, and, and what he's done in our lives. And, um, you know, I think it will be, you know, when Jesus comes back and we're with him, um, I think we're just going to see people who are there that you sow to seed. Maybe you weren't there for the reaping, but you sow to seed. Maybe you were the first hearing of the gospel, may God. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this passage. I, I thank you for Luke writing it down as he is, as he is um, trying to let Theophilus know that the things he heard are true. And as Luke is collecting um, and recalling the things as he's writing these down, we are 
the beneficiaries of this. And Lord, we are just reminded that the importance of hearing the Word of God. Lord, help us to not um, play around in the Word of God. Let us, let us hear it for what it is, the Word of God. And let us receive it. And let the Word of God work in us, God. Change us. Make us like Jesus. Give us a zeal. A zeal for you, a zeal for your mission. And Father, Lord, help, help us to see the power of Jesus at work, at home, in our kids' lives, in our relationships. We want to see the power of Jesus working. Healing hearts. Healing relationships. And Father, if we're honest, we, we know we're sinners in need of a Savior. And we're so thankful that Jesus has come. We're so thankful for the cross as Nick shared with us. God, help us to be faithful to be fishers of men. In Jesus' name, amen.